I like geese, but no, 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 I'm not allowed to have one. I like geese, but no, 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 I'm not allowed to have one. And that's like, that's the whole song. But they'll just swap instruments and just play that. Like, are, you just, not, are you not allowed to own geese? I think the singer of that song isn't allowed to by the people around him rather than by the state. Okay. I think as, Ge- as a common farm animal, you're probably allowed to own, own a geese. Own a geese. <laughs> talking about beaded curtains, part two. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just knows what yeah. you're talking about. Would you own a geese? No, it seemed like a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I'd ever own a bit bitey. Yeah. Is it, is it called bite or snappy? Or, I yeah. Don't know. Aggressive. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a yeah. peck. It's mm. a peck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think peck is closed beak. I think that. Yeah, peck, peck is closed beak. Is open beak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, snap. What is an open beak peck? <laughs> <laughs> um, a French peck, I believe. Mm. <laughs> When you see a bird pecking around in your backyard, it's using its beak to probe the ground for food. The word beak refers to the bill on a bird, which (laughs) protrudes from the face and is used for eating, grooming, and pecking. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Internet. Oh, man. Thank you, Internet. This boogie is for real. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands. We have taken control of your roller disco. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed funky enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David Kames Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me on the dance floor once again, Nathan Harrison, Hi. Andrew McDonald, hey. Adam Buncher. I'm bred for my skills in magic. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to see so many skills on this episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Numchuck skills, mm. bow staff skills. I mean, chicks really dig guys with skills. Skills, you know? skills, man. Hey, uh, also, Billie Eilish uh, being talked about a lot. Yeah. This Billie Eilish, you heard about Billie Eilish? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, hey, Miss, you read about this? But she, but she commissioned this uh, this ASMR um, yeah, version of her album. I read album. about that on Junkie the other day. Missed yeah. opportunity, she'd have done it with Jimmy Requi. What? Well, she, I didn't believe until that opening, Deej. She mm. paid someone to do an Not ASMR. Her personally, her label did. What, like, as in, like, someone just reads the lyrics to her record in a whispery voice? Yeah. You and have then, to wait till the album, to, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, yeah, so I've seen bits of the footage. I can't watch it all because ASMR gives me the fucking willies. <laughs> but, like, does, like, little... Huh. Like, yeah. Like, fingertips. And I'm the bad guy. I have a lot of thoughts about that. Do you? And some of them... Are conflicting, and that's fine. We'll give you some time. Yeah, yeah. We'll come back to you. Yeah. Someone, I saw, we don't uh, talk about Billy Eilish for a yeah. while. So. No. My, my, my yeah, Billy exactly. Eilish. Was someone on Twitter saying Billy Eilish seems like a creation to just remind you that you are old. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was born a couple of months before nine eleven. Coincidence? <laughs> You decide. Hopefully. (laughs) Yep. I've decided. (laughs) Didn't take me long on that one. (laughs) All right. We are going to move in and uh, talk about a guy with some skills. Uh, Slide guitar skills. Pedal steel guitar skills. Yep. Australia traveling skills. (laughs) Sleepy skills. Sleeping (laughs) skills. Speaking of ASMR. (laughs) Sleepy. I'm 65. This is Ben Harper with Burn to Shine. <laughs> Not ironically, when we do those yawning bits, I get actually yawning. Like, you, know, like, yeah. 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 you see someone yawning, you're just like, ah! Yeah. Life oh. imitates art. We made love until we cried and cried ourselves to laughter. Laughed until we realized our hearts were struck with fear. How injustice. Ben Harper 
making his inevitable return to the hottest 100. Uh, at number 65, that's Burn to Shine. Yeah. Adam. It's a bit high for a, for a Ben it, Harper entry, it is, isn't it? Because isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> normally you think uh, oh, some, uh, yeah, yeah, something yeah. under the table, yeah, 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 yeah. under the bed. <laughs> Not so innocent a criminal after all. Well, Payola's well, a crime, baby. It, well, we are moving on to his second official crime. Last time we had sexual assault, now it's arson. Hey. Well, also as well, this is the, the next song on the album that follows Still My Kisses. Huh. So he goes from stealing the kisses and the opening line in this, or one of the opening lyrics, is talking about making love till she cries. Ben? <laughs> no, we cried. They're both crying. Well, she's crying. Well, a lot, of, yeah, like, <laughs> a lot so, of criminals feel remorse, but that doesn't excuse what they did. Yeah. Jesus. And so that's how he will. He says, steal my kisses, and then he has sex with this woman, and then the end of it is her crying. They both, that, that, that but then they both then they, he, in, in, the, in the narrative of the of the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes on to say, "We cried ourselves to laughter." But from that opening line, I'm out. I'm just <laughs> uh, is that we made love until we cried? Nah, nah. nah man. This is not uh. fucking for me. I'd argue this isn't fucking for anyone. You lost yeah. until the first line. <laughs> He's uh, just bawling. Like, the guitar tone at the start. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? True. What the fuck. True, the guitar tone is not great, but it's a it, you know it wasn't enough to turn me off yeah, in bad. revulsion <laughs> as the first line yeah. was, and then just like the rest of the lyrics, kind of it keeps going on like funny things Wait, you, you remember. To the rest of the song, uh, <laughs> I am dedicated <laughs> to my art. I, I, I appreciate that. Suffer. The lyrics are just so like really makes you think that the juxtaposition of this and this but also what about that that kind of thing it's like, set, set to the most like standard blues rock riff it's uh, real like cruise control rock isn't it yeah. <laughs> it literally might as well go like Casio keyboard you know pre-installed blues riff yeah and all the lyrics are just Kentucky Fried bullshit yeah the first time I listened to it I just kind of went no this is not for me the second time yes I am that dedicated the second time I was like, this, no, this actually fucks me off. <laughs> and the third time, I was just like, really? Fuck till you cry? Really? No, so no, I flew no, over no, to no, the States no. to figure out Ben Harper's fuck style. No, 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 it's not a fuck style. This is very important. It is making love. Oh, that fucking phrase. <laughs> this is something I've realised uh, over the last couple of episodes, because it's come up a bit, but like, there are very few terms for fucking that I can actually stand. Mm. Shagging? No, nah, that's... Fuck off. <laughs> humping? How dare you? Humping is maybe the worst one. <laughs> humping, humping as a term is real bad. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, like, animals hump. Like, uh, the dog's humping your leg. Uh, yeah, animals hump. Animals yep. hump. Animals hump. Saying you're humping someone, or like, I can't wait to hump you. <laughs> You never, you never say that. Card. Yeah, can, can, can you imagine like how quickly your relationship or like tryst would end? You're like leaving the pub, like you're holding hands yeah, and yeah, waiting yeah. for one another. It's like let's go home and hump. Can't get, can't wait till we get home and I can hump you. Hump. I, I, I can hump you really good. I'm really good at humping. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really excellent at giving someone a hump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Terrible. I mean, Fat Man Scoop wasn't yelling out who humping tonight. He wasn't yelling out. He was not yelling out who making love tonight. Definitely not. He was not yelling out who's shagging tonight. He was yelling out the correct term. I can literally only think of one song that says humping, and that's Bobby Brown, humping around. Mate, we just had humping on your stereo from the fucking what's it? That's pumping on your stereo. That's what they're singing. Fucking get in the bin. Get in the bin. Surely, um, Black Eyed Peas Lumps says humping. Oh, no, just humps. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Mm. What what about that? Because she's Alice the Camel. What what about about that terrible, um, like, the the worst offspring song of all time, Bumping in the Truck or whatever it's called? Oh, Bumping in My Trunk. Was there there a hump? Maybe. No, I don't think so. Truly... You know what? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up those lyrics and see what I can find. Truly, of all of the offsprings, like... Yep. This is a pop songs. song. That's truly reprehensibly bad, that song. I recommend listening to it if you haven't heard listeners because it's so, so bad. Yeah. And this song... Is it crappy? It's good. just crappy. Yeah. It's not good. The thing that, like, obviously it's all very bad. It's very but bad. But just, like, Burn to Shine suggests, like, living with a kind of, like, radiance and splendor and energy and this song just doesn't have any of that. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem like it's trying to. Well, I think the Because the whole thing is it's about a relationship that's really hard to navigate and volatile and there's heaps of emotions emotions in it and, and that's the shine right no like, that's yeah. the, the that is they're burning yeah yeah but the relationship but is the, the shine, shine. Yeah. Yeah, but you it's, know it's, I see what you're doing Ben I want none of it I'm but not, like I'm nothing not says like volatile love like a dun, 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 like yeah. 
<laughs> why is anyone voting for this? Right? Yeah. Can I just point something out? Mm. Um, literally a year before this song came out, a different Ben released a song with the same title. Huh. Really? Ben Lee released has a Burn song, to Shine. Has a song called Burn to Shine on his album Breathing Tornadoes. Really? And it's not as bad as this? It's so much better. It is mm. one of my favourite songs on the entire album. It's wow. a fucking beautiful song. So is this like a diss track? It's gotta be. Uh, is this it's about gotta, Ben Lee? Yeah. Or is this about... Who was Ben Lee? Oh, Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Yeah, so Claire Ben Lee Danes. was putting away Claire Danes and mm. Ben Hart was putting away Laura Dern. So they both fucking Man, s- snag some movie who, stars. Who's Laura Dern? Who's Laura Dern? She's Jurassic Park. She's a park woman. She's a park. What? She's Jur- Jurassic, Jurassic Park. park. She's, she's the park she was in the most recent. She's the Jurassic Park. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen that film, The Park Woman? She's <laughs> the superhero. What? Have you? you know, Her Jur- and Sam Jurassic- Neil in Jurassic Park. His wife in Jurassic Park. We're talking about the original yeah, Jurassic yeah, yeah, Park. Yeah. 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 Right. And she's yeah. also David Lynch's go-to. She's in a bunch of Lynch movies and TV uh, She shows. was also in the most recent Star Wars. Uh, uh, she was in the Last Jedi. So she's a Brachiosaurus. Yeah. 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 This, yeah, this is nothing. This yeah. uh, it says so much that we want to talk about literally anything else apart from fucking burn to shine. Like, it's so like even like so to, inconsequential. Down to the point where there's the like the two thirds of the way through the song, it's like time for the obligatory guitar solo now. Yeah. And like mm. also guitar solos, we've got enough of them. I think. <laughs> don't need to mm. don't need to do it anymore. Do there's, it. there's enough. Yeah, we're done. There's enough. I think yeah. even by this point, yeah, by, there was late nineties, yeah. I think well past Can I I ask a question of the room? Mm -hmm. So we've talked about several artists a lot. You know, we've had we've had a few acts that have like joined the Ten Timers Club. You know, like that. We've 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 had a few. Have you guys had your relationship change with any of those like uh, multiple offender artists in particular? Because for me, talking about all these Ben Harper songs before this, I probably would have been like. Yeah, I guess I'm a bit of a fan. You know, I like a couple of records. Every time we talk about a Ben Harper song, I'm just like, did I never like Ben Harper? (laughs) (laughs) Like, have I been gaslit this whole time? Like, every time it's just like, oh, fuck, he's not that good. (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean? Like, have you guys had that, like, either positive or negative? Positive for UMI. I definitely got more into UMI through yeah, yeah, following true, them. True, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, sick. Mm-hmm. Also, um, um, and Spider Bait. Same, yeah. same with uh, Jebediah for me. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, also, um, to a certain degree, Smashing Pumpkins. Because yeah. I'm still not a massive Smashing Pumpkins fan, but hearing the singles and speaking about them, I'm like, you know what? They're they. I, I need to give them more than than I have. Yeah, like, in terms yeah, of credit. Fair. Not that I wasn't already a big Gurge fan, but like hearing the Gurge status singles and comparing them to one another and realizing the variation in their songwriting, like I'm like, yeah, man, you guys can fucking do it. Something for K. Something for K. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. yeah. Agree with me for something so, K. Like last week, yeah. I was saying I'm kind of getting into them. Yeah. Those those two tracks that we just came off the back of. Oof. Yeah. Nah, but We'd rather be talking about that. Yeah, but not Ben Harper. Not very, <laughs> not very much. But also, I guess I thought that he was just. Like the sleepy guy, like just doing like still like kisses and like dumbs on the inside, and like I didn't know he had this in him, and it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> like I think there is some nice Ben Harper songs. Oh, like <laughs> this is too high for him as well. He's mm. Stepping into waters he can't swim in. <laughs> Amazing. He's out of the kiddie pool. Yeah, he's too early though. Oh. It's like, you know, when you're sitting at the kids' table at like family gatherings, you're like, oh no, I'm sitting at the adults' table and you sit there and you're like, oh no, the food's. Oh, more- everyone's talking about the economy. The I economy. can't keep up. Yeah, like, the food's more complex than just like. <laughs> Chicky nugs. Chicky nugs. And you're like, I don't know how to eat fucking lobster. How do you disassemble this motherfucker? <laughs> do, I, do I eat the, all the prawn? <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Gradually, slowly putting it in your mouth or your eye and your mum will be like, eh, this much? This much? <laughs> Oh. Help. In conclusion, I would like to leave you with uh, some choice words from our good friends and uh, a long time, again, probably in that 10 times club, uh, The Offspring. Summertime, living's easy. Cruising, bumping, my Huntington Beach. Because the sun will shine, we'll have a good time. They all line up for a bump and grind. Ah, uh, that's what I thought. The, the girl was. that you want is directly out in front. And she's waving her caboose at you. You sneeze at you. She calls you out and boom. I know you heard that bass. Bumping in my trunk. Uh-huh. Bumping in my trunk. Uh-huh. Bumping in my trunk. Let's go. 
Um, yeah. I need to go home. <laughs> yeah, just music's bad. <laughs> we just chill. Don't worry, it's a good one next. <laughs> is it, is it will it ever be a good is one? Is it good enough though? Like, come on. And number 64, this is friends and we're going out to not go. 20 past five, and we're feeling kind of bored, cause there's nothing to record, and we're poor. There's nothing I can be, or I can be. Not even bullshit, I don't wanna say. Spin, I'll tell you, man, it's robbing in my head. My legs are made of lamp, feeling dead. There must be something to do. The loose is moving. I looked in the kitchen, there's not any food. Something must be done. I'm craving some fun. But I'm a favorite band, yeah, we need to make a plan. Well, I really hope we can, cause the situation can't be much worse today. Coming in at number 64 in the 1999 Hottest 100 with We're Going Out Tonight, of course, Friends of Rom, the beloved Arialis. Uh, <laughs> Australian punk band uh, who I will never, ever let live down the fact that they have never won an Aria. That's a great band to never won Arias. Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> Madonna. The Smiths. Yeah. The Smiths. Chubby Checker, probably. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, Beethoven, U2. We're talking about great bands. Uh, The Test Eagles. (laughs) I I mean, we last time we talked about Frenzel, we kind of talked about it. Well, maybe it was the first time. Whenever we've talked about them a couple points this time, they've sort of canonized themselves through never breaking through, and they sit at a really wonderful point where, like, they've never become this like hallowed, canonized Australian '90s band or whatever because they just never made that last extra step and Mm. that's let them just keep pushing and keep going the direction they've always been going and it's great i think it's one of the things that makes them an important australian band Mm -hmm. and then then they never had the uh the like a lot of them like like breaking up in like 2004 and then like there's a solo career yeah yeah. the one-off reunion tour they they just fucking workhorse just kind of what i was saying with something for kate uh, and you know the cult status being the real status kind of last week. Mm. Is this is a similar mm. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and this, how good is this song? This song so fucking good, man. Um, as we've Nathan and I have mentioned in the on the podcast before, we've spoken about Friends of Rom. If you haven't heard those ones, I liked some bands and music and albums before them, but Friends of Rom were the band that made me a music fan. Yeah, so they are impossibly crucial to my taste in music my view as a person who i am as an individual friends of rome is the start of a lot of it so direct your complaints to them yes yes um the first record i got from theirs was san suzy and then after that i got a man's not a camel which this one was from probably their most successful record what is that referring to uh when you need a beer it's like do you want a beer? You, you can't be storing any water in your hump or anything like that. No, well, like man's not a camel. Man's not a camel. Oh, we'll take a of beer. Of course I need a drink. It's yeah. true, man's yeah. not a camel. So mm. let's drink a beer. Mm. This is the album that had the, uh, we'll talk about later, the hugely successful You're Not My Friend and Never Had So Much and Fun. And of course, Dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is a far more classic for Friends of Rome sound. Like it's still got, it's poppy enough to be accessible, obviously, but it's got that absolute breakneck speed. Jay delivering vocals at that rapid fire pace that he does so frequently and so well Lindsay's guitar like thrashy and mean uh, this was his first record with them? no second. He, was second. On, he was on Family yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. this is Gordy's, Gordy's first, first record on oh, drums oh yeah. right yeah and, and you can feel that because some of the even in his song some of the drum feels like I think Gordy Foreman is a drummer one of Australia's most underrated and workhorse reliable oh, drummers he's a fucking unit not, not only does he like just beat with such fucking intensity the, he's, I think one of his trademark things is these little flourishy drum fills at the end of choruses or at the start of verses or just yeah. the bridges mm. and he plays with them in these really fascinating ways and all these things like that but like all of them work together the high energy of this song captures that kind of when you're in your 20s and you really just want to go out and have a, like a fucking party of a night and you're like I mean like something must be done I'm craving some fun like it's just simple childish and then we decide that we're going out tonight and yeah. that's the fun like oh, nothing to fucking do sitting around nothing on TV and it's like, hey 
let's go out and then it's just like yeah like you see, the, yeah. you see the montage of everyone partying kind of thing but the thing that I find so compelling about this song is that they make it seem like that's actually hard to do like yeah. there's the, the verse where he describes selling his CDs in order to have enough money to buy beer I'm yeah. like fucking hell like you really yeah. must want to go out yeah. Yeah. it really must be nothing on TV yeah, you yeah. clearly can't afford to be going out but you're yeah. doing it anyway you're doing it anyway and and for the love of the out yeah. I have never wanted to go out that much ever that <laughs> I would, selling shit I would hawk my shit mm. uh, well, also, how could... expensive were beers back then? <laughs> Fucking hell. I think these guys are just really poor. Oh, yeah. true. Well, they, um, they, they had a shirt for a while that said, um, Friends Rome off the doll since 96. So they were quite poor <laughs> for a while. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that rules, though. Yeah. When the chorus comes in, it's just pure sing-along. Like, I've, yeah. like, every time I've seen these guys live and this song comes up, it's a pure, mm. like, fist up, jumping around, sweaty, spilled beers, everyone's yelling. And it captures that feeling of going out in the song as well. And, like, at the end of it, where it's the, um, there'll be some trouble there, broken glasses and stupid hair will be without a care all night. Mm. And, like... What would friends all know about stupid hair? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, Jace with his, like, at the time, pretty good-looking blue dreadlocks. And now, pretty matted... Bird's Nest dreadlocks. Yeah. Um, Still looking good. Yeah. And I was like, I was thinking about a friend of mine who has dreadlocks. Like, you can't ever get rid of them because, like, that's your look now. You, you have dreadlocks or you can have incredibly short shaved head. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine what Jay would look like now yeah. if, if he didn't have that fucking cunt of a hair yeah. up the back, hey? This is fucking why I love Friends of Rome. Everything about this works so tightly as a totally. four-piece unit. They're all in fine form. The lyrics are fun. You want to sing along to them. I know this song so intimately that like I can memorize every individual instrument on its own. Yeah, and you always see those things at like punk shows where it's like the motor mouth bit where it's just like, everyone who wants a gun, I'm fucking with it. And there's always like three cunts up the front that can just go, everybody wants a fucking Johnny's in the basement, mixing up the medicine. And they fucking nail it. And it's just like, God damn, I would love to have that skill. Yeah, this is one of those songs for <laughs> This me. is one of those songs, yeah, yeah, totally. What a great unit this was, you know, at the time. We're, I think, one or two records away from the lineup of Friends All that we have now with, uh, yeah, with this, Tom. This lineup was only on Camel and Shut Your Mouth. Yeah. Man, it's impossible to be unhappy listening to this song. It's just so endearing and just so rousing and just, oh God, it just reminds you of why you love Friends All in the yeah. first place. And like the way that. The, the start and end like set everything up like it starts with just Jay and then the guitar and then it punches in so hard but you get that first line of just like here we go yeah this song's happening and like play bus forward we're kind of bored <laughs> yeah yeah like and when that happens live it's just like it's so exciting because yeah. you just know what's about to come and you're ready for it and then the like the end the going out tonight <laughs> like this huge finish it's just so much fun what a great song yeah. So yeah. Sick. I like it as well because it represents a side of Friends of Ron where normally they're like they're kind of shitting on people and this is yeah. about this is about them and it's kind of wholesome in that way yeah. they're mm. presenting themselves and their experience kind of honestly and earnestly and it is and it is the really enjoyable persona of being a young punk Australian larrikin bunch of dudes. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, it's sick. It's a great little snapshot of their life in song form. There's something I like about the um, bit where he says, um, get to the pub and find someone to shout. You get there, you're like, ah, oh, there's someone who'll shout me a beer. Or alternatively, you get there and like, ah, oh, it's an old friend, let me shout you a beer. Like, yeah, it's like, you're in it's this, this, like, slacker, poor community of punk happiness i think this the part of the, the 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 tension in it is the way that they're looking at their own situation like they're probably not psyched on the idea that they have to hock cds in order to yeah. go out but you know but that's like an energizing frustration that yeah. then adds to the, the the whole attitude that they carry with them throughout the night mm. you know As what i mean johnny rotten says anger is an energy totally i think i think it's that but it's also in this case it's kind of a joy as well like yeah. that frustration is also a joy and that's it's in the music it's yeah there. yeah it's so interesting, all the guitar on this this album is mixed so non... It's not big. Yeah, yeah. It's not really thin, but, like, it, it's a really different quality to most punk guitar and certainly yeah. most other Frenzel albums. Like, you compare the guitar on this compared to Not So Tough Now, which I think mm. is their most interestingly mixed record. Yeah, that's because. Fun we've listened to it enough now that we talk, talk about the interesting levels of the mix <laughs> <laughs> on fucking 25 year old albums yeah. I'm sure we no 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 hear me out yeah, hear yeah. me out I'm, I'm sure I ever use what I said have spent more time thinking about the Friends of Rom mixes than Friends of Rom have <laughs> yeah yeah <easy. laughs> 
Terrible. Oh, man. Imagine the things we could know if we didn't use up so much mental space remembering every single Frenzel Rom lyric. I oh, couldn't dude. possibly imagine. Yeah. That's a huge busy. portion of the brain. <laughs> yeah. Man, I remember, like... Two years ago, I was backstage at Unibar. Um, it was so it was Frenzel, Turn the Unicorn, and Beowulf. And me, just to throw in a quick Frenzel run, being a Punisher um, backstage. Nice. And uh, just talking about uh, Battalion 666, which was the uh, radio serial that Jay and the Doctor used to do. And one of their roadies was like, what the fuck is Battalion 666? <laughs> I'm just like, well, it's this whole thing. And they had like most of the lineup from the 2005 Big Day Out. And like, Jay did these voices, and Lindsay did these voices. And Jay just looks over at me at one point and he just goes, how do you remember all of this? <laughs> I, remember, I remember back in the day, they um, had like a Friends of Rome lyrics quiz between the fans and Friends of Rome and Friends of Rome got decimated. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Very, very good. Did you see uh, for the 20th anniversary of this album, Lindsay, the good Dr. McDougall posted a video where he was playing a little bit of guitar for every song on the album. I don't see that. Oh. It's very, very wholesome. We'll have to share it on Facebook. Yeah. There's also been one uh, instance in the last couple of years where being a diehard Frenzel fan has paid off. There is a drummer from Newcastle by the name of Kai Smith. Um, he is uh, the drummer in a punk band called Local Resident Failure. But when he's not Named doing after that... Named song. Yes, indeed. So when he is not drumming for Local Resident Failure, he's somewhat of a YouTube star. So he films himself doing five-minute drum chronologies where he plays, like, a snippet of every song from every album of a band. Uh, and so he just recently did one of Silverchair, and he's done The Beatles, and he's done like Arctic Monkeys and I'm sure like a, I think like No Effects and like a bunch of other bands like that and one of the bands he did was Friends of Rom. So at the point where uh, Gordy Foreman uh, famously broke his arm while crowd surfing uh, like the absolute champion of the universe that he is, obviously he could not complete uh, the touring uh, duties so they roped in Kai Smith to play drums for them because he already knew all of their songs anyway. So think and, about it yeah. you can just spend ages just Slaving away in your garage, and you know, one day maybe you might get to go on tour with Friends of Rock. Mm. And um, I think they went on that tour just to get money to pay for Gordy's fucking surgery. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, much. I bet like Friends don't consider touring with Friends like something paying off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when Gordy broke his arm, they called him Captain Fuck Arm, Captain which, Fuck arm, which made it onto a shirt. So, oh, God defend Gordy Foreman, the great man. Number 63, this is Jamiroquire with Canned Heat. at number 63 in the 1999 Hottest 100. That is the song Canned Heat. I've talked a little bit in the past about how my brother and I have joked about getting matching Jamiroquai little alien dude tattoos. And then I think about songs like this, I'm just like, no, nah, I should totally do it. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. If music is about enjoyment, if that was the only metric mm. by which you measured the worth of music, this is the best song ever written. Oh, dude, <laughs> right? Yeah. What a euphoric moment in pop culture history. We talked about how Madonna was kind of like a throwback to stuff like the zombies and the doors and shit like that. For me, this is a love letter to Studio 54 mm. and to Chic, all that kind of stuff that was 
kicking off proper around the 70s. This is the ultimate pastiche, the ultimate tribute, but also a defining moment in turn of the century pop music because there would never be a song quite like this that would ever get on the charts again. There were several chart songs like this being other Jamiroquai songs <laughs> that the but there is something True. about this song that is just like Jamiroquai triple distilled right, right? like this is like- if you are safely cooking a sauce on the stove with your fire blanket nearby and <laughs> all fire safety precautions observed of course this is the one that you leave on there and you let it get nice and thick and mm. like reduced mm. and condensed down and extra tasty like that is what this is for Jamiroquai if you want Jamiroquai cooking music you do either virtual insanity or corn Corner of the earth. I would agree just with some, that. Something nice, nice and chill. Yeah. If you put on yeah. canned heat, there's going to be a fire in your yeah. apartment. Yeah. Just Absolutely. a warning. The, the heat will the, not be in anywhere canned. Yeah. You will, you will wish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. Like the the lyrics and the energy and the music of this song. He's structurally unsound and incapable of not dancing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a flaw in his body. He's like, ah, oh, I have to fucking move. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and, and that works in the music as well. It's just like, I want to make a song that is my specific punishment is dancing. <laughs> and one must imagine JK happy. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. And of course, like, you know, it is worth bringing up that this song was immortalized inside the film Napoleon Dynamite Mm -hmm. came out in 2004 got a real second life uh, from the basis of that and honestly that moment in Napoleon Dynamite which I guess you know is not we can't take it for granted that everyone has seen it. It was a massive cult film at the time, and my critical faculties were not nearly developed enough to be able to deal with the level of irony that it was operating on. Like, as a kid, I was like, what? What is this this funny or not? (laughs) Fully one of those, um, became one of those insider things. Like, if you see somebody wearing a vote for Pedro's shirt, which you know everywhere, but that just became like, ah, we know something about one another. Right. Mm -hmm. But that moment is so fitting and perfect yeah. for the song. And and it's because it's like, here is this, this dorky-ass dude getting up there and absolutely tearing shit up, but in this, you know, kind of... Still kind of dorky way, but yeah. at the same time, absolutely craftful. There is no better kind of stand-in for what Jamiroquai is. 100% turned up the dork. 100% turned up the camp, but it does it with such an integrity and it does it with such a catchiness that you are on side, you don't ever question it. That is pure Jamiroquai and it's yeah. this song. The dancing isn't for anyone else. Nope. It's yeah. all, oh God, no, I need yeah. to dance. But fucked if they're not impressed. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, and, and like, I mean, look, had those moves, man. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I feel like in the video, the two people having sex when he jumps onto the bed Humping. and kind of sings at yeah, them. Around. Yeah. Maybe not super impressed <laughs> at Sex Pest Jamiroquai. <laughs> but for the rest of the time... <laughs> it was Ben Harper. Hey! <laughs> he was almost getting to the point where he was about to cry. Oh, yeah. and then he comes to JK. Fuck, the yeah. tears were coming. It's so infectious the way it channels that that pure essence of like moving my body to this rhythm feels good not dancing to show somebody that you can dance shuffling around and moving your body in any way because the rhythm is that infectious that you know it feels wrong to not be doing it Mm -hmm. and even if you're not actively moving while you're listening to this song if you're listening to this song in a true sense you are moving yeah yeah to listen to this song is to dance. If Jamiroquai's on, there's dancing being done. Yeah, absolutely. Think about yeah. quickly the Earth's moving around the sun. You're moving. Yeah. Jamiroquai is in everything. <laughs> it's so weird that, like, when I listen to this song in preparation, oh, I was like, I know that song, obviously. I don't need to listen to that. And I like, put it on, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, yeah, this one. It could be overplayed, because it is so part of the zeitgeist in a certain way, because everyone knows this song. But, mm. like, that's almost like it's the end goal for the song, to be part of the culture, to just be a go-to... We need some dance music. Yeah, it's really is it, song. is it Jehovah's Witnesses? But then, when everyone believes in Jesus, then the rapture happens or whatever. No, they have a time limit only. So oh, who's the one that's like we got to get everybody and then it oh, then it happens? That's, that's a very funny one though. That's good. But there's someone like that. And Seventh it's just like, Day Adventist. It's or like some shit. when this song gets everyone to dance, then yeah, we will. I don't know, we'll JK all, is risen. We'll all ascend. Oh, who is it? Is it Philip K. Dick wrote that short story about um, the monks who are saying every name of God. And then that's when the end of the world happens. And then mm-hmm. a scientist, um, this is a spoiler for this 40-year-old, 60-year-old short story that I can't remember the name or author of. Um, <laughs> and then some scientists are like, oh, we have a computer that can sequence this for you, kind of thing like that. And then they give them the computer. And then when they're leaving there and they look up there and the stars start going out because they've done all the names. Very good. Why so can't you write stories like that, man? <laughs> too busy. You know that Futurama, <laughs> that Futurama rep where they're looking for Bender? When he's, he's the god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. referencing that. 
Oh, right. Yeah, very good. So, one thing we know about JK from Jimmy Require is that he loves his cars. Oh, I thought you were going to say oh, he loves yeah. his hats. He does love his hats, cars but he also hats. loves his cars. Recently, he was in the news because uh, he sold a bunch of his cars. <gasps> Doesn't love them anymore. Oh, is he no. dying? No, he just... <laughs> is he dying? <laughs> He's possibly running out of money. I don't know. Or... He sold a bunch of his cars so he can pay for Gordy maybe... Foreman's bills. Maybe he wants more and different cars. Yeah, I think maybe he's just clearing out some space for new cars. Yeah. 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 Maybe now these cars carry too many memories. But anyway, one of the cars that he he sold uh, was a was a Mini that actually had a disco ball in it, as well as a huh. Mini bar fridge and an all red leather interior. Ooh. What was the license number? I think it's been snapped up now. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's, a, that's a very <laughs> on-point JK car. <laughs> Isn't it? I Isn't believe it? it's been snapped up by a mystery bidder. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> Adam bought the car. <laughs> that's why I was bringing it up. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. I listened to this song and I was like, you know what? You know what Fuck really, it, I'm buying you know what, a car, man. Yeah, you know what to go really well with this song? Mm. Fucking car. <laughs> How great is this fucking song? So good. It's, it's oh very, very good. Yeah. Oh. Good on the voting audience to not have too much of a ticket on themselves to not vote for it, you know? I mm. think that's exactly what I'm saying, though. I think this song it, it blows your tickets off. Yeah. <laughs> good. yeah. If, you've got, if you've got tickets... Little, um, one of those little handheld vax on yep. blow. Yep. Tickets gone. <laughs> no tickets. Yeah. Get out of here, tickets. You're, tr- you're trash. Yeah. <laughs> trash now. Then they know the boogie is for real. Exactly. So that's who it's to. It's the people with tickets on themselves that mm. are like sitting there being like, hmm, mm. maybe the, the boogie is for real. I need further I'll believe proof. that when I see JK jump on my bed during the middle of sex. <laughs> Until then. So, baby, I'm Is the boogie real? Yeah, no. Uh, he is the boogeyman. Um, <laughs> another fun fact of this song is that I never knew the name of it. I knew the song when I was younger. I never knew the yeah, name of it. Dance. <laughs> and for ages, I thought that the lyric was, got candy in my heels. Nice. Yeah. Mm, that's it, good. I think it also mm. kind of works, though. I, yeah, that's a nice, like, dance imagery. Like, right, isn't it? It know, still works. My, my feet are full of sugar, kind of, like, exactly. moving. And, yeah, yeah, I like it. Is it better? I don't think the process of canning... Or canned food mm. are particularly groovy. It's very um like if if the music is canned heat, that implies like it definitely digital rather than live music. And this it's might, very yeah live you know a live band is like farm to table heat, heat <laughs> as opposed to this canned heat. But I also think of canned heat. I think that can's not very stable. Oh, you think it's like it's shaking a bit, a little bit, like a little bit like uh, the beer in the Simpsons kind of hours. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because well, I mean, like if it's already hot, what if what happens if you leave that out in the heat? Does it expand mm. even more? And true, I'm well, not a scientist. Canning, canning Our things, um, is very very stable. Yeah, it, it I means yeah. it's also quite hot as well. I think the process of canning in itself. Quick plug, our good friends at the Simpsons Index uh, covered that Simpsons episode uh, this week or last week or went by the time you're hearing this ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. We recorded this in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get elected in America next year. <laughs> oh boy, I hope it's someone good. We're with her. <laughs> oh, also that key change. Fuck me. Oh, oh fuck off. God it just, damn. It keeps, the song keeps going in the best way. <laughs> yeah. Like most times when you say a song keeps going, you're like, yeah, it just keeps going. It's like, and it just keeps going. <laughs> you just keep dancing. Just when you think it's like, oh, I've, I've figured this out. No. Not this give you someone else. Out. The boogie is so for real, so for real, so for real, so for real. Jamiroqua, <laughs> we love you. At number sixty-two, this is Regurgitator with happiness.
Yeah, they're coming in at number 62 in the 1999 Hottest 100. That's the song Happiness from the album Art. And I have to pause mm. when I call it that because there is an ellipsis, ellipsis. at the start. That's all lowercase. It's almost like art. Mm. So what is that about? What art? What's art about? Yeah. Well, what is what is art, art about? Oh, you... Um, it's about 40 minutes long, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, Nathan. Mm. Uh, so you've uh, you've thrown up, thrown down with the Gurge. Yep. You've been a bit of a yep. fan over the years. Uh, this comes at an interesting turning point for the band. This is their last album with the quote-unquote classic lineup. Martin Lee, uh, their drummer, would leave not long after this album came out. He wasn't happy. He wasn't. It was, it was a, rotting his brain. Not a happy camper. Once again. Well, unhappiness was rotting his brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a kind of an interesting... You can't uh, win. <laughs> Trekcher, but uh, where are you at this point with Regurgitator? Are you on board? Like, are you listening to the band at this point? Uh, as as a eleven year old, you mean? I think I knew Polyester Girl, but that was definitely it. As an eleven year old, I did not know much music. Yeah, right. I got into music when, like, a bit when I was like thirteen, and then properly when I was like fourteen, fifteen. I had Will Smith's Big Wheelie style. Nice. Hell yeah, nice. Yeah, I had a few uh, Presidents of the USA singles. All right, mate. <laughs> Andrew, yeah, we're always in a cool in different ways. Yeah. Okay, all right. This is nice though. This is the first track off the album Art. Um, I feel like we've talked about a couple of first tracks now, which is kind of nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is fine. I don't know. This has never been a, a song that I go to for Regurgitator. But did, you, did you know it prior to this countdown? A little bit. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, really? No, I yeah. am. A tiny bit. This is the first listen for me. What's that? It was a first listen for you. For this song, yeah. Oh, wow. What? Fascinating. Yeah. This is big. This is big. Time I, for I, you guys. I love this song. Yeah, nice. Yeah, dude, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's like the more closely I paid attention to it, the more I've liked it. Yeah. I think musically, I'm like, this is just pleasant because it's not them doing like the crazy stuff or or the fast stuff. It just kind of sits in a weird middle ground for me of just like, oh, this is just a regurgitator yeah. song. I was really impressed when I first heard it. I guess is the right word. Like surprised and kind of like, oh, because the, the the sonics that they're playing within this in this track, especially with the plucked strings and, you know, the actually the huge string arrangement as it eventually blooms into. Yeah. Is a new side for Regurgitator. Yeah. What, what it's I, them trying something new, really expanding their sound out, and it's kind of a little bit more mature in a way in terms of, like, what they're playing with. And I was like, hey, all right, cool. What I'm I love about those sound differences is that, like, after we've seen all the different styles that they can play with and, like, the hip-hop stuff will be silly over the top stuff, synth pop, I feel with this song, it's almost like they're like, we can still write a good structured conventional song, mm. but then it's peppered with a lot of these flourishes, like the plucked strings and the string mm. rate, like you said. It's live drumming, I believe, but it sounds like a breakbeat sample in a lot of ways. True, um, it I, does, I, yeah. I love that there's so many things at play there that um, ground it in a way that I think it elevates out of the pop song. And I think the lyrics are fucking yeah, incredible. Yeah, the, the lyrics are kind of yeah, yeah, where it's yeah, at. Yeah. Um, like, so it's once again Regurgitator doing what they do, but probably in the most dark and explicit way that yeah. they've done so far. Because Regurgitator are always kind of smiling, but behind it, you know, like as I've said before, the phrase that they're, they're hiding razor blades in the cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And this is about being pretty sad. And and then, you know, chasing after happiness and then the happiness is just so fleeting and meaningless mm. in itself. It's and kind also of like- about the razor blades in all the cakes around you. True. That, you know, yeah, like, yeah, that's right. You just what? keep giving, you know, magazines yeah. and TV and everything and it's like happy, I, but it's yeah. not. I think this, um, this like, it's about like the fact that dulling the pain of life through just consumption of banal media TV magazines like that mainly TV just like with the, obviously the um, lo- love me lovely cathode ray yeah. love me in your glow I'll the- do anything you say if you tell me I'll never be alone and the th- I mean like the the first line is like so regurgitator I, I love yeah. pointless effluent. effluent it seems to love me yeah. <laughs> yeah. love it Love it, and boys. It's, and it's got that dun 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 yeah. dun dun. Yeah. So it's so jaunty. jaunty. Uh, more than that, I think like the guitar it really gives off a huge '60s vibe for me, which oh, I think is. It's Beatles, man. And, yeah. Totally. And I hear that, and I go like, okay, you want us to think about the '60s, which was a period all about hedonism, all all mm. about like the hiding of yeah. pain and fear through pleasure in a, yeah. in a really hedonistic way. I think it's an excellent reference. I don't know whether I'm projecting that onto it, but, you no. know, it works for me. But what? it's really cool that we can come to this, like, as adults, like, to, to, like picking up on these themes. Like, I don't think I really had that 
and that kind of depth to it when I was a kid, you know? Like, mm. just listening to this song, I was just like, it was just really kind of catchy and just really arresting and, you know, just like, oh, wow, they're doing something really different here, you know? Like, mm. with those big string arrangements and, like, those little break beats and stuff like that. There's just a lot of moving parts to this song. And, like, even if a kid with no, like, like real ear for arrangements or whatever, I was just like oh, wow, that's so cool, you know? There's just so many different ideas and shit going mm. on here. You know, I was just really taken by it. The album itself is, you know, obviously it's from a troubled point in their trajectory. And, you know, they're following up on the biggest moment of their career. So it's a lot to put onto them. In terms of being a follow-up, like a commercial follow-up, it absolutely tanked. But... In terms of being, like, a creative follow-up, I see a lot of throwbacks to what they originally were, like, and throw-forwards, if you will, yeah. to <laughs> what they were going to be. Like, it's kind of an Alvin Omega kind of situation. It's just, like, all-encompassing in a lot of ways. And I think it's a really interesting album to look at from that creative standpoint, where it's just kind of similar, uh, in a way, to Grand Slam by Spider-Man. Mm. You know, there's kind of this air at this point of, with both of those bands where it's just, like, We've got nothing to prove anymore. You know, we've been to the mountaintop. Mm. If we stay there, sick. But if we don't, who gives a fuck? We we know exactly how to survive mm. as a band with nothing. It and, rem- yeah. Reminds me of, um. I remember seeing a thing, uh, like, this is not even music related, but with the Coen brothers after they won the Oscar for... Um, for Garfield. After <laughs> <laughs> winning the Oscar for um, No Country for Old Men, the, the next movie that they made after winning the Oscar was A Serious Man, um... And I love that movie. I, I so adore good. it. Um, but Richard like, it's, Kind, man. But it's super, Fuck. super, like, non-commercial, dark. And I remember reading a review of it saying, this is the kind of film they could only have made after winning an Oscar. Yeah. Because you're like, you know what? I've proven that I can do this. I'm going to do this now. You have to trust me on this. And, like, mm. commercial follow-ups to big successes like that are very interesting in that way. I have a book of interviews with them. And a really early one mentions, it's like, oh, like... um. Joel has, like, a notebook full of old things, and a bunch of them are really weird. Like, you could never imagine them making a movie about this suburban Jewish man in 60s Minnesota. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, they, you know, they had it the whole time. It's just like, yeah, waiting for that. Yeah. So, this is... This is uh, uh, Regurgitate is a serious man. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. No, I, I, I love, in particular, just on the lyrics there, that it's not really even... I don't feel like it's a condemnation of people who... It's not like saying, like, oh, you're so boring for sitting no. here watching TV. It's saying this is life. It's Quan talking about himself as much as anything. And the, the ending lyric there that I've got a speck of truth oh, caught I- in my eye. Stings like hell and it's making me cry. Getting up only leave me wondering why everything's turning grey. When you have that realisation of, like, this is fucking bad for me, man. This, is, this, this sucks that all I do is just dull the senses with this fucking commercialised bullshit. And you realise that and you're like, I could stop, but then I would feel crappier. Mm. So the happiness, I've got to stick with this... Ha- bit of happiness that is rotting my brain it's so well fucking written with the lyrics man it's so cl- like because if you're just listening to it like without a, a, a critical ear or a, or a attentive ear you're just mm. like yeah rotting my brain and like along and like, but it's like so sardonic and really really cleverly written yeah mm. I, 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 and still holds up yeah even, probably even more so now yeah it's become even more relevant as a song when I hear it I don't point any fingers either I'm like yeah same yeah so I'm, I'm only putting fingers at myself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I retweet and say, literally me. <laughs> I, I screen cap out and delete the username and say, who did this? <laughs> yeah, guys. Try laugh emoji. <laughs> but is Twitter making you happy? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> the internet's certainly eroding my brain. Yeah. So, yeah, we touched on it briefly, kind of the inner band turmoil at this point. Adam, did you have anything in terms of your research that you wanted to discuss in terms of Martin leaving the band? Um, I mean, like, it was just kind of like coming to a head of of creative differences that they'd had for a long time. The most notable kind of anecdote that came out of that was in 1997 when he straight up disappeared after a gig. Yeah. Um, we talked about that in, uh, in in a previous song, actually. And, he, you know, like they found him a couple of days later or whatever. And he'd just been like... I think it was just the lifestyle getting to him kind yeah. of at that point. Oh, man, because they went all out. But other members of the band kind of said that he didn't feel creatively valued by the rest of the band, which, you know, I think that's just a case, again, of just being... In, 
it's hard to be with other people in this environment where it's your livelihood but it's also your creativity and whatever like I got a lot of sympathy for kind of everyone and I can understand how creative differences as they're called are so common Mm. especially in bands like this bands that just Mm. like constantly trying new shit totally and that stuff's great when it's working and you're getting good feedback and you feel good about it but like there's so much uncertainty and it's so easy to put out stuff because you're trying stuff and it doesn't work and and also like from internally in a band like you might like initially like oh wouldn't it be fun if we tried hip hop and it's like okay we'll try that out like we should try a synth pop song yeah okay we'll try that out and then it's just like I joined this because I like rock music yeah Yeah. there there, there could be a sense of that like oh like oh maybe I, I don't really vibe with this and I don't know how to fucking write a drum track for a song that just has keyboards and because we're a band that's just trying stuff, it's not like we ever sat down and we're like, cool, we're going to start moving in this direction. Yeah, yeah. It's just constant like experimentation yeah. And, yeah. and new things. I remember um, when <gasps> Radiohead were making Kid A, mm. um, I remember reading a thing saying um, how they spoke... Who's the drummer? Is it Phil? Phil, Phil Selway. Yeah. Well, they, they were speaking with Phil and how he was saying like... Like not in a not in a he felt slighted way. He was saying like it was really interesting having these conversations for how I could feel like I was a compositional part of the band in songs without drums. Mm. Like how he would structure rhythms but not be playing. Very interesting. Um, hmm. And also that's the best Radiohead album. At me. Well. Ooh. People. Uh, people. people, people kid well. at. Kid, kid at. Kid at me. Yeah. <laughs> from this point on, uh, Pete Costick uh, from Front End Loader joins the band as their drummer, and he has been on every record since. But originally, they withheld his identity and had him drumming in a full Spider-Man costume, which was pretty sick. <laughs> At number 61, this is Augie March with Asleep in Perfection. That was the once and future king, Augie March. Uh, Future winners of the Hottest 100, uh, I believe the year after Mandela got freed uh, back in 2006. (laughs) Uh, So that's the song Asleep in Perfection. That comes from their debut album, Sunset Studies. Uh, Adam. Yeah. Now, I'm going to assume you, along with everyone else in this room, weren't really across Augie March prior to One Crowded Hour. But I don't think it was One Crowded Hour that did it. I think really? it was it was One Crowded Hour that kind of made me aware of Augie March. But at the time of that song, even, I don't mm. think I got into them. Yeah, It was right. only sometime later. And I, to be fair, like, I think it's one of those cases where I wasn't ready for them. But as I was kind of getting more into indie rock, and then, you know, like, I think I kind of came across Augie March from that kind of way and discovered yeah. Sunset Studies and Moo You Bloody Choir their two biggest albums from there. This one actually, although it was included in Sunset Studies, at the time was coming off an EP called Waltz. This band formed in 1997, so they hadn't been around for that long. This song actually became one of the most requested songs on Rage, so it was, you know, like by no means a sleeper hit. Wow. Yeah, I like what you did there. And their band's name taken from the Saul Bellow novels The Adventures of Augie March. Which is apparently like a real like living in America kind of tale. You know, like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, downtrodden capitalist kind of... Think American Tale, the the mouse film, Mm. but with people. Augie Mouse. (laughs) Yeah. Sunset Studies employed six engineers to work on it over the course of its production. 
and I think gives normal an is one, right? Yeah, uh, one, maybe two. Yeah, I mean, I'm no okay. expert here. I've produced well, yeah, that, that, few to no. I didn't albums. want to be like, oh my god, and everyone's like, Nathan, it's normal to have ten. <laughs> like, but the fact that it was mentioned as they, a they factoid, were broke. Yeah. yeah, the fact that it was mentioned as a factoid makes me think that it was in itself kind mm. of outstanding. I get that sense of this band being a perfectionist band, a band that is determined to do things in a way that makes sense for them and that isn't just by the letter. And I think you hear that within the course of this song. There are these little small, you know, micro decisions almost that are made where the song takes a small kind of turn in just one kind of element that you aren't expecting and that happens constantly throughout the course of the song. You think you have it figured out and you go back and you listen to it again and you find a little something else, like the way it drops into that waltz beat, for example, the way the bass is going to come in way harder than you thought that it would. And in itself, like, even the basic construction of the song, its DNA to me, is a little bit, you know, not what it should be. The the way the melody kind of progresses and, mm. and does things and whatever. But overall, it's incredibly beautiful. I mm. adore Sunset Studies. I think it is... Now it's kind of become, over time, a bit of an underrated album it holds up as an australian classic the opening track to sunset studies the hole in your roof which was the lead single from that album yeah uh, like if someone's saying like can you just like rattle off some of your favorite australian songs of all time i would probably that'd be amongst them wow, wow. that is a huge call it's unbelievably hole in your roof by augie march unbelievably gorgeous it's a beautiful song but yeah like fuck, that's a massive call man it's my shit it. it's my shit with this song do you, do you get um shades of uh elliot smith and jeff buckley I Huge sh- Jeff Buckley vibe. Well, I mean, like, hey. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> on, that, I'm like, on brand. Yeah, yeah, I do. But I guess a little bit more uh, uh, left of center than them even. You right. know what I mean? Like, Jeff Buckley was a little bit more grandiose. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. in terms of his energy. Um, whereas I think this is, you know, like, still grandiose, but it's refined down and they're trying to keep a lid on it. Augie March, to me, has this sense of airiness about them all the time. There's nothing really grounded. Everything kind of just, mm. like, floats. This song, to me, is if you, like, held a jar open in the afternoon sun in Sydney and you close the lid on it and you somehow manage to turn that into a song. That's what This is what this mm. sounds like. I, I hadn't heard this. Okay. Um, I thought Augie March. I didn't know they formed in the nineties. I thought they were like a mid aughts band just because of um their success. Yeah. Then. Well, that, yeah, it's kind of when they peaked. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. yeah. This was totally new to me. I thought this was very, very beautiful. It's yeah. just soft and lovely, and mm. I love hearing Waltz the three four beat in the in these kind of songs. I guess maybe that's partly why I'm thinking of Elliot Smith because a lot when spoke Elliot Smith, it was a Waltz. Yeah. Um. Like it's very, very beautiful. There's something just so soft and delicate, but not in a way that feels fragile, like soft and delicate in a way that feels inviting. I think and it's just so Australian, yeah, right? Yeah, it's super Australian it's as well. Just so, yeah. It's just so Australian and not in any kind of like... Australian in the same way that the drones are Australian. Yeah. And I really think that this is like the way that guitar melody goes, that kind of slight amount of menace to it, mm. really kind of almost reminds me, you know, even your shark fin blues. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really love this song, guys. Yeah. yeah. No, I can totally see why. I haven't spent nearly enough time with Sunset Studies. I've gone back to Strange Bird, um, obviously a lot of time with Moo You Bloody Choir. Um, right. Yeah. A Strange Bird was the follow-up to, to Sunset Studies, and it's like this... Augie March's career has been so peaks and flows, man. They came out of the gate with this, and, it, you know, as I said, most requested on Rage, made it in here. Sunset Studies, incredibly critically acclaimed, not so commercially successful. Mm. And then, like, slipping on until you get to Moo You Bloody Choir, where they top the hottest 100 with a, yeah. with a huge song. The album goes gangbusters. Absolute sleeper. Where, yeah. And after that, like, they, they still make music. They put out yeah. an album last year. Yeah. Mm, I could believe it was good. I haven't heard it. I listened Correct. to it. It was all right. Oh, okay. But I mean, like, how much do you vibe with this song? I think this is fine. Okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. Look, no, it's, it's nice. It's a really lovely song. For me, it's telling me that it's a beautiful song more than I am thinking it's a beautiful song. Okay. It's like signposting. Yeah. A little bit. It's okay. just like, but I think I'm just not engaging with it as deeply as it wants me to. And so it's... It's yeah. this big, airy, so airy, beautiful thing. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. okay. All right. And it's like, no, come on. <laughs> I'm like, you, look how airy I am. Yeah, a little. Yeah. But like, look, it's really beautiful. And, and I think you're, you're right in that you can really get a sense that their <clears throat> craft is what really drives them as a band Fully, in terms yeah. of creating and, and sort of 
building the sound of the song mm. and especially you know for like at the start of of their career or whatever that's really impressive totally. to kind of be doing that and like he's really ambitious i think a song like this coming in so early yeah look it's nice and and i totally get why you'd really connect with it i'm just not there yet that's right mm. Mm. that's cool i mean i've had more time with them I yeah guess. like i'm coming in here going go. shit yeah i get to talk about all yeah. march like, yeah look honestly every every like because i listened to it a few times and each mm. time i was just like no okay I'm yeah. a bit more on board now uh I, for me listening to this made me really want to go back and redo sunset studies again because yeah it just reminded me of how much interesting stuff they were doing around this time even though they were just kind of this quiet introverted kind of band they've always kind of subverted those expectations yeah, again, like on that same thing with something for Kate, you know, it's just like, oh, you think you know this band because you know these couple of songs, right? Yeah. And then you scratch a bit below the surface and say, oh, fuck, there's more here than I thought. Mm. I remember I would have been about 19, 20. I was at a couple of nights of Claire Bowditch's tour on the back of her album Modern Day Addiction and she was touring uh, her support acts were Andy Bull and Mr. Glenn Richards uh, doing a solo set. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, I'd kind of heard whispers around that Glenn was kind of just a bit of like a prickly dude. If you wouldn't be surprised if they were so fucking rude to you. It's just like, you know what? You wrote the right. You, you wrote the right to be a piece of shit. You wrote that song. Go for it. So I was kind of cautious, like... Going up and talking to him because I was there. I, I knew Andy at that point, and I was talking to him a bit. And it's like, oh, do you know Glenn? I was just like, no, I don't. You know, I was just casually having a chat, and then he kind of opened up, and he was like super lovely and super warm, and you know, just kind of just saw that I was just an awkward kid, and just kind of just like, yeah, I've been that awkward kid too, and just kind of just like, come on, you know, just chat with us. I'm just like, okay, cool, cool, hey, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so this guy that I thought was going to turn out to be this absolute prick of a man turned out to be absolutely fucking lovely and stuff like that with the kind of sticks to do like just having a couple of nights where i could say oh g'day glenn how you doing yeah good man yeah real good <laughs> how was last night <laughs> oh man it was wonderful we had a real good time yeah 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 fun yeah glenn from morgie march i did <laughs> <laughs> you just remember shit like that you know mm. what i mean mm. even if it's just minor it always sticks in the back of your head it was interesting reading about their live shows, especially early on. Like, they copped a lot of flack for the live shows just not standing up. Oh, to, really? To the recorded music. Oh, they were of, all, like, super introverted kind of dudes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just, yeah. like, really lack of stage presence. And, and Glenn was just not good at engaging with an audience. But also heaps of, like, glitches and technical fuck-ups. Because, again, it's that ambition. I think they're trying to push something really right. big. But not really being able to realize it or whatever and they kind of they got it under control after a few years i think yeah. like 2002 2003 the reviews are like oh it's starting to click a bit better now but i think that's really interesting particularly in australia i think the live scene comes first so much it's really rare well, to see a band not deliver that's it and i yeah. think so much popularity for bands especially at this time was mm. coming from like the, we talked about the test eagles right and you can say what you want about that song but i could believe that it would be a pretty fun time live the energy of that and if that band was good live i can see how that song would gather a following absolutely some bands are just not live bands they're just just recorded bands also um in 2007 uh they said that they were no longer playing this song asleep in perfection because glenn cannot fathom to sing the words that he wrote back then he's moved on from that place Oh, wow. All right, cool, man. One of my favorite quotes was uh, from uh, Big Day Out, like, I think it would have been, like, 2007, 2008 or something like that. And Glenn literally said to the crowd, we'll play one crowded hour if you promise not to fuck off afterwards. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's like, oh, goddamn. That would have been a bugbear for a while, hey? Yeah. I mean, just festival sets when you have one big song. Oh, and everyone's waiting for it, and then just fucking whoosh. I really yeah. respect the bands that open with it and they're just like, fuck it. You know, if, if you're going to leave, we actually don't want you here. Yeah. So we're going to play it at the top and then everyone else can just enjoy the rest of the set. Yeah. And someone rocks up late. Have they played it? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But I suppose it's also like uh, a fuck you to the people who are planning on getting there for the last song. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, haha. Got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You weren't, weren't expecting that, were you? Yeah. <laughs> now you have to listen to a deep cut. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Closing with a B-side. Oh, <laughs> that brings us
us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us and providing the mirror ball. We really, really needed it for this particular episode. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites, least favourites, and continue that ever-continuing story of carryover champ and carryover chump. And we're starting with Andrew. David. Uh, my favourite was uh, Friends Wrong. We're going out tonight. Uh-huh. And I'm making it my new champ. There he goes. There Good go. job. Yeah. Yeah. on. Uh, my least favourite was Ben Harbour. Obviously, Bird of Shine. Mm-hmm. Piece of crap. Um, <laughs> it's not... The it's not worse than fucking funk star, so that's keeping me. Yeah. Oh, okay, well for me, no. I'm keeping funk star as my chump, but yeah. I won't, I, I won't deride anybody else for <laughs> being braver than I no, for hating look, Ben Harper more. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I'm keeping funk star deluxe as my chump, but yeah, Ben Harper definitely does take the uh, least favorite for this week. Uh, my favorite, I've got to give it to Can Heat, baby. I've got to get in there and uh, show them some love. Oh, it's so tempting to do it. Do I fucking... I just I just got Beautiful Stranger, so I don't know if I... Nah, fuck it. Yeah, can't hate. Yeah, nice. it's in there. I'm living how I want to live, baby. Mm. Adam, what do you got? Uh, look, my favourite was Asleep Imperfection. Yeah. Uh, my least favourite was Burnt to Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my Cruising ch- California. Yeah. <laughs> my, my champ is still Hallways, um, although I really did like... Again, like... I, I, could it be that I would be able to have at least some time with a sleep of perfection <laughs> as my champ? It always happens. All my favourite kind of songs always end up grouping Grouped, up. Yeah. <sighs> and what's your chump? Fuck, I'm tempted. Because it's it just like make little, love. Little, little. Make the making love line just shut me right <laughs> off. <laughs> shut me to tears. No, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep with. Uh, <laughs> it is a really bad. Song. It's really but bad. It's so like man, think, think of it now. Like, it sucks, right? Yeah, it sucks, yeah. man. Um, I basically, snap with Andrew. Uh, Frenzel Rom is my new champ, um, but I will keep uh, my chump, which for me is every morning. And what's your least favourite, Nathan? Uh, definitely Ben Harper. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, so I, 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 I think I will do it. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, just think about it more, yeah. Moving on up. Nothing gets up, man. Sleepy boy's a chumpy boy. <laughs> if I can't have many songs as my champ, <laughs> yeah, I'll have many songs. That's true. Yeah. You know, really, like, it's about whether the, the song is a chump for ages or it's just a wall of shame with a lot of bad songs on it. That's right. I'm, I'm going wide, not tall. <laughs> You're gonna build a wall, <laughs> <laughs> and Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands is gonna pay, pay for it. <laughs> we will make this podcast great again. I promise. It's gonna be a huge podcast, one of the best podcasts. Uh, but until yeah. then, yeah. on behalf, it's not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really yeah. not there yet. On behalf of Mr. Adam Muncher, see ya, Mr. Nathan Harrison, Bye. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Good night. My name is David James Young. Everything is great again. The boogie was for real. It really was. Let's go. Let's go. Who fucking the night? Who fucking the night? Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills.